This podcast is brought to you by Voice of Vets. Voice of Vets. Hear it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Feel it. Today, we look at the impact that the pandemic has had on the breathalyzer industry. Many workplaces rely on the use of breathalyzers to test if employees are not intoxicated when reporting for duty. We are joined by Reese Evans, the managing director at AlcoSafe, which is a company that supplies drug and alcohol testing equipment and accessories. Thank you so much, Reese, for joining us here on the COVID report. And firstly, the COVID-19 pandemic has affected a lot of businesses, mostly financially. Please inform us on how the pandemic affected AlcoSafe and how you have survived this. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Um, yeah, the, so the, the COVID pandemic has definitely had an effect on us. Um, Sales-wise, obviously, it's been a, an issue because of the lockdown. Um, the number of instruments that we see coming through our offices because people are reluctant um, to continue to test because they're scared of breath has also decreased. So it's been a bit of a tough time, but as alcohol sales have been released, we've seen a, a really good pickup again. And I think one thing we have to ask as the COVID report, as when I received the topic for the show, I was a bit confused. What do you do at AlcoSafe and what does it entail? And who are your key target market people? So at AlcoSafe, um, we basically help companies reduce uh, accident relates, related to alcohol and drug consumption. So. We help them to ensure a safe workplace by making sure that their staff are sober when they come to work. And then, of course, we work with police and traffic authorities to make sure that we have safe roads and that we don't have intoxicated people on our roads. So majority of our work is done with testing people for alcohol, and then a large portion of it is done also for testing people for drugs. And speaking more specifically to that, what different types of breathalyzers and drug testing devices are there? And what are the functions that they're meant to do? And more importantly, how effective are some of them? So we have different devices. One of the devices most commonly used is the breathalyzer. Um, different types of breathalyzers. So we have high-speed breathalyzers that are used normally at entrance points to companies or specifically mines or construction sites where they would test every single person that comes into sites every day. Just a quick blow, you blow onto it for about a quarter of a second from about 10 centimeters away um, and it tells you whether there's alcohol or no alcohol. So they really have a quite a big um, alcohol problem in those areas. So they just want to make sure that everyone is coming in sober. And then we also supply companies with saliva-based drug tests. The reason why we like saliva-based testing is particularly because of the you know, very recent almost legalization of cannabis within the country or the legalization for private use. So a saliva test tells you if a person has used that drug uh, very recently. So we're also really testing for recent consumption to make sure that people aren't high um, when they're coming into work. Keeping people safe. But now there's a new enemy in town being coronavirus and the nature of it and how it spreads. People are reluctant to use breathalyzers as they fear getting infected. What is the correct and safe way to use a breathalyzer? And how have you changed the operation of using a breathalyzer since the beginning of the pandemic? People are scared. Um, not everyone, but there are people that are scared of using breathalyzers. I think the majority of people that are scared are generally scared of COVID-19 as a whole, not particularly the breathalyzers. Um, so 
COVID-19 is something that we're all concerned about, but it is not something that should stop us or make us forget about other safety procedures that are, in, that are necessary for us in a, on a daily basis. So breathalyzers are misunderstood. People hear the word breath and they think immediately that there's going to be some danger because of COVID. Breathalyzer testing is not unlike any other day-to-day -day activity that we do during COVID. We just have to adapt our procedures, make sure that we do them hygienically, and then they're still safe to use. So for instance, when we do a breathalyzer test, we would use a new mouthpiece that's sealed, um, wrapped hygienically for every test. So the operator would hand that mouthpiece to the person being tested. He would open it himself, place it on the instrument, so only his hands have come into contact with it, and then he would do his test. So he wouldn't have contact with anything that's come into contact with another person's mouth. The operator, when using the equipment, is trained correctly to angle the instrument away from him. And then once that test is done, that mouthpiece is disposed of. Um, other things that we try to do is to give people wipes. Unfortunately, we can't use alcohol-based wipes because we're testing for alcohol. So if you use an alcohol-based wipe, um, you'll get very high false positives. So we use wipes that have chemicals in that are effective against COVID. Um, they wipe the instruments in between each test to make sure that we are safe for, for everyone being tested and, and make sure that everyone is sober coming into their workplaces, all, all that's on the road. Now, in your previous answer, you mentioned false positives. Has there been instances where breathalyzer devices have been faulty? And how did you deal with this? And how do you ensure or assure your clients about the quality and functionality of your products, more especially during this pandemic? We try to communicate with our clients um, as best that we can. What you would see is because people have been hearing that they should use alcohol-based sanitizers to clean their hands, they automatically assume that they should use alcohol-based sanitizers to clean everything. Um, and that's not really the case. So there's a huge number of chemicals which are very effective at killing germs and viruses and bacteria, but they're not particularly safe to use on your hands on a daily basis. So when people use alcohol-based wipes to wipe a breathalyzer, what would happen is that they would get an immediate positive result and a very, very high positive result. But it would be very easily noticeable because they would get that positive result for everyone that they're testing and including themselves. So part of the, the work that we do is to provide training for the operators of the equipment to make sure that they're competent to use it. And one of, that, one of those aspects that we train people on um, is how to notice false positive results. So there's a correct procedure when doing breathalyzer testing. And when you do that procedure, it involves two tests um, and also possibly testing yourself if there's any confusion or any doubt to the results. So if you've tested someone, it's positive and you know 100% for certain that you've done the, the test correctly. Um, if they still don't believe you, you could often test yourself and show that you have tested zero because you know that you haven't been drinking to prove that there's something inside of them which has caused this positive result. So there is a number of procedures, and when we do this, um, we give people a competency certificate to make sure that they're competent to use the equipment. So um, it's really about the correct training of the operator. And have you seen a decline in the sale of breathalyzers throughout the pandemic? And how did you re-strategize your working model during this time? We did see a decline in the sale of breathalyzers. Um, for a number of reasons. The one is because of COVID, uh, people being a little bit reluctant to blow. 
The second reason is because a lot of our work is done in big workplaces where they have a large workforce coming into the office every day. So because people were on lockdown and not actually working from their offices, there was a lot, um, there was a lot less people coming into those workplaces, so less testing was done. And then the biggest reason, which was very noticeable, was the ban on alcohol sales, um, which is a little bit hard to understand because we all know that alcohol was still available, even though the alcohol sales weren't legal. So immediately as alcohol sales came back online or became legal again, we saw a massive increase in sales and a massive increase in the amount of instruments that were being brought in for calibration because the equipment has to be maintained so that it's accurate. So how we adjusted our companies that we tried to sell things which supported the use of the breathalyzer. So we sold wipes which they could use to clean the devices. Um, we sold disposable mouthpieces and disposable straws that could be used with the devices. So we just tried to add products which would assist with safety um, because a huge number of our clients continue to test right through the, the pandemic and, and up to now. And speaking of the alcohol ban, since the alcohol ban was lifted in lockdown level two, has there been a high number of CCMA cases for intoxicated employees that you have dealt with? And also, please enlighten us from AlcoSafe perspective, what kind of evidence do you provide for these types of cases? Yeah, so since the alcohol ban has been lifted, we've, we haven't actually attended any CCMA cases ourselves. So generally, what we do is, if our clients have an issue with a with an employee that that may have been disciplined or or possibly even dismissed we ask them for all the evidence in the case and then we write an affidavit based on that evidence according to the knowledge that we have with breathalyzers and how alcohol removes or sorry how the body removes alcohol from from the blood so we provide an affidavit that they submit within the court case or in the CCMA case. And only really if that evidence is not accepted, then we actually ask to go and assist. So since COVID, we haven't been asked to attend any CCMA cases, but we have been asked to submit quite a few affidavits. Um, and as far as I know, those cases have all gone quite well. We've been around for a very, very long time. So we know, um, basically everything that we need to know about this particular science. So AlcoSafe has been around for about 40 years. So the questions that we get are generally around the accuracy of the equipment and we make sure that we supply a very high quality breathalyzer. Um, we get questions around the calibration. We obviously make sure that that instrument was calibrated. And after the test was done, if there's any questions around it, we bring the equipment into us, we test it and we provide a report for those companies to make sure that they, you know, that they were using equipment that was accurate at the time. And then we also get questions around the use of things which could create a positive test like mouthwash or things which have a high level of yeast in. So basically around the theory of the alcohol. So we submit um, almost a, a report on all of those things to assist the clients and, and in times also to assist someone that's been tested and falsely accused. So, so we help on both ends depending on where that help is requested from. And going back to what you have said about the training you offer and these training programs for management and workforce representatives, please inform us on what the training entails and what is the duration of this training and can it be supplemented? Well, the training is an extremely important part of our business. Um, 
we feel that there's a responsibility on our side to make sure that everyone that uses the equipment uses it in a manner that respects the employee or the person on the roadside to make sure that they are getting the best possible tests um, and make sure that obviously that they're not falsely accused. So the main section of, of our training involves around theory and alcohol in the body. So we teach people about alcohol itself, what it is. So about ethanol, um, ethanol is the alcohol that we drink. So we teach people about alcohol, um, specifically how is it possible for them as an operator to test a blood alcohol level, even though they're using a breath sample. So it's really important that they understand that. We teach them about the different limits um, that are applicable in South Africa with regards to drink driving or entering a workplace. And then right at the end, we teach them about the physical operation of the instrument. So we do some practical training, and then we do a section where they actually have to use the breathalyzer themselves. So we make sure that they they are capable of using that equipment correctly. If they don't use the equipment correctly, we go through the practical training again. So each person is assessed and only once they've used that equipment correctly, then they'll be declared competent to use the equipment. Um, in my opinion, everyone that uses the equipment should be trained. I don't think there's any way of supplementing or, or, or removing that training or replacing it with anything else. But what we have started to do during COVID is to do a lot of that training online. So going online has been a change in your business operations. What are some of the other changes you've had to implement due to the COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, online obviously is something that we've had to adapt using. Unfortunately, breathalyzers can't be used online and neither can drug tests. So those have still had to be done in person. Other changes that we've made during our time is, I'd say no different from anyone else's changes. Um, we've had to work a lot more from home when it was required. Um, we've had to put stricter safety precautions in place within our office. Overall, though, for us as an office, um, we have a very workplace-intensive business because the equipment has to come in, it has to be you know, collected by someone, it has to be calibrated, repaired, and worked on by a technician physically. So for us, we haven't had too much change within our workplace besides the normal um, safety, you know, procedures which have been required by government for, for controlling the, the spread of COVID. Now, a key word that has come out of this pandemic is innovation. What type of innovation has come from the breathalyzing industry during this time? And has there been any key changes in, let's say, your product or how breathalyzing is going to be done in the future due to this pandemic? There has. So the main, the main change that we've seen in our industry is that people are a little bit reluctant um, to hold the devices. Well, let's say that the, the operator is actually more at risk than the person that's blowing into the device. And the reason for that is the operator would probably test in a workplace, you know, between 50 and a few hundred people a day. So they don't want to be exposed to all those people. So we need to comply with social distancing and we need to make sure that those operators are safe. So in the past, the operator would always hold the equipment but now what we have is unmanned breathalyzers where they're actually fitted onto a tripod or fitted onto a wall. And when that test is done, um, the operator can stand two meters away. He can still wear his mask. He doesn't have to touch the device. He just instructs the, the test subject on how to do the test correctly. Um, and he's still at a safe distance. So 
unmanned breathalyzers, in my opinion, uh, and holding stations or enclosures for the breathalyzers to make sure that they are the operator sorry, and the, the test subjects are not actually coming into physical contact with them is probably the biggest change that we've seen um, and that we'll continue to see for a little bit of time moving forward. And lastly, Reese, what are your parting words for our listeners and your industry during this time of the pandemic? I think for me, it's really important that people understand that there's a lot of health and safety risks um, that we face with on a daily basis. Media has really highlighted the dangers of COVID, but people die every day and people die from many diseases and many other unnatural deaths like car accidents and deaths within a workplace. And I don't think that we should lose focus on maintaining safety on other areas because of COVID. We must all make sure that we're safe because of you know, the dangers that COVID presents, but we shouldn't ignore those other dangers that are out there as well. We know because of the media now and what we've been saying to people for so many years is that alcohol in South Africa is a very big problem. We have a huge culture of drinking here and unfortunately, it's quite commonly accepted that people do abuse alcohol. And you can see that from all the reports and all the accidents and, and lives that are lost senselessly. So unfortunately, again, people do not just listen to rules. So if we tell people don't drink and drive, don't drink and come to work, but no one is ever tested, there's no deterrent, people will ignore that instruction. It's like putting a speed limit in place, but never doing any testing for speed, you know, never having any speed traps. Doesn't matter what your speed limit is, people will speed because they're never going to be punished for speeding. So in our case, if you're gonna have a rule that says that people shouldn't drink and drive and shouldn't drink and come to work, but no one ever gets tested, Unfortunately, a lot of people aren't going to abide by those rules. So we have to adapt and we have to make sure that the people that are sober coming into our workplace are safe and they're not affected by people who do choose to drink um, and try to continue with daily life that way. And that was Reese Evans, the Managing Director at AlcoSafe, a company that supplies drug and alcohol testing equipment. This podcast was brought to you by Voice of Vids. By Voice of Vids. To hear more of our shows, tune in to 88.1. Or stream by www.varfm.co.za.